This week, the girls welcome Stephen Brown, president of the Atlanta-based agency Cookerly PR, and an avid entertainment blogger and film critic whose reviews can be found on silverscreencapture.com. Brown, whose movie viewing history began at the ripe old age of five, has interviewed some of the most iconic actors of the age and has seen and reviewed all of the hits as well as some of the misses. For an amazing peek into the fall 2021 television and movie scene, listen up as the girls talk with entertainment executive extraordinaire Stephen Michael Brown. It's Girls on Film, and we are so happy to be here with you, and we've got a special guest, but first, let me introduce myself. I'm Teresa Roth, happy to be here, loving movies, loving TV, and I'm with my partner, Sarah Smith. That makes us sound like we're lovers, but I love you. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I do love you, too, even though I'm not gay, but, you know, I love my friends. If I was, you would be my first. Thank you. That's so sweet. I appreciate that. <laughs> or maybe Stephen. Yes, cute definitely Stephen. Stephen would be on the list for sure. Speaking of Stephen, let me introduce Stephen Brown, who's our guest tonight and is so into the movie world. Stephen, tell us a little bit about what you're up to. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for um, courting me tonight. Um, I really appreciate it. And I. Uh, run the website called Silver Screen Capture, and I've just had the honor to meet you both in our goings-on in Atlanta and Fayetteville and all these great places, and um, it's just wonderful to be able to talk movies with you. Awesome, awesome. Well, what's, uh, what's, what's exciting that's coming up for the fall season? I know people are ready to go to the theater. They are. I think a couple of movies have brought people back, you know, with A Quiet Place 2, which was actually good, and F9, which wasn't good, (laughs) and Black Widow, which was pretty good. It seems like all the franchises are back in gear and have at least tested the waters of getting people back in the theaters. And we got a lot of exciting things. We've got superhero movies, musicals, biopics, director-led movies, comedies, you name it. An entire pandemic full of movies that have been ready to release. So we're going to get quite um, an eyeful this fall. Well, what's the one movie that you're looking forward to the very most? The most? Oh, my goodness. Well, I definitely uh, have been looking forward to The French Dispatch by Wes Anderson. That's one of those directors that usually delivers with just great quirkiness. I'm pretty excited by that. Uh, Ridley Scott's doing The House of Gucci with Lady Gaga and Adam Driver. And that looks absolutely fabulous. And I'm a huge musical fan. So Dear Evan Hansen and Tick, Tick, Boom are two I'm looking really forward to, as well as Dune. Oh, my gosh. Dune is so up there for me. And I love Wes Anderson. I love, love, love him. And he is so quirky. But, man, I love his quirk. We're going to get a lot of Timothy Chalamet with, uh, with him in a couple different movies. And Dune is one of those, and 
Um, so it should be interesting to, to see how uh, his rising star continues on in the fall. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is Jason Momoa in Dune? You know, there is someone who looks a lot like him. Um, it's probably somebody else who was a Game of Thronesy person. I don't think he's actually in it. But you've got, uh, yeah, Timothée is from the French Dispatch and Dune. And uh, there'll probably be a wild cast of characters to get all those houses of the planets um, all figured out in um, mm. in Denis Villeneuve's Dune. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to know the budget on that movie. Yeah, it looks pretty incredible. I guess this year with HBO Max putting everything out at home and in the theater, I don't know if that was a wise move, all, all things considered. I think these ones that have been released as theater only or limited uh, view at home um, have been getting people back to the theaters. So if we want to have the multiplexes open long term, I think it's about time to to have those just in the theaters. I hear you. Well, I saw. Can I ask a question, Teresa? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Go. Just really quick. I Just in that in that whole realm of at home or theater. um with so many young people now just on their phones and laptops, do you think the, I want, I want the theater to come back strong. I'm just wondering what you guys think about that. I think it's difficult. You know, we're so used to consuming content on our digital devices and having it zoomed right into our very nice televisions at home or iPads and the like that you must forget what the great experience of a theater can be. And uh, for me, I was actually debating, like, do I watch Black Widow on Disney Plus Access or do I go to the theater? And it was sort of, it was kind of no question for me. I wanted to see it in the theater. And, you know, F9 was sort of an average Fast and Furious movie, but seeing it in the theater really made you enjoy the special effects and sound effects. And um, it's one of those ones where being in the theater really enhanced it. It's awesome. I totally agree. I'm, I am pro theater because I think you should see movies the way the director intended and they certainly didn't intend you to watch it on a phone. Right. You know, I'm all about the experience and the sound effects and the size of the screen. Have y'all seen the movie lately called Zola? No, but I read about it. It was incredible. I saw it recently at the landmark Midtown in Atlanta. It's the movie that's based on a series of tweets between two I guess you'd say that they are exotic dancers <laughs> and uh, and um, seeing that in the theater just made it. It was um, it was like watching. I won't say it was as good as Pulp Fiction. It was nowhere in that leagues, but it had that same kind of what's going to come around the bend next quality. Oh, I love they that. just made it so fun to see in sort of an independent movie house. And it's movies like that and the big blockbusters that are going to be interesting to see how people go back and enjoy that communal experience again. Mm. Well, I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to dial that one up and go see that one for sure. It was crazy. Cool. Well, um, you, you told us some really great stuff that's coming out in the fall. Um, other than those films that you mentioned, did you watch anything else maybe on HBO that, that you were impressed with this summer? Hmm. You know, I've definitely seen a lot of things that I've enjoyed. Uh, some of the ones that were sort of designated as big action movies on the HBO Maxes of the world or the Primes um, were a mixed bag. I will say that I, I enjoyed Cruella just a little bit more than I thought I would on Disney+. Plus. I guess they were always scared that I'd be a psycho. 
And I certainly loved In the Heights. In the Heights sort of didn't make a lot of box office uh, magic happen, but uh, I thought that was a really, really uh, pleasant summer movie and a pretty good musical adaptation, all things considered. So that was probably one. And I still haven't seen In the Heights in the theater yet, so I feel like I've deprived myself of just watching that on a small screen. Mm, I definitely want to see it in the theater. I saw it on Broadway um, years ago. And it was so impressive. But I just those musical numbers on the previews that I've seen, wow, looks so impressive. Yeah, it was very elaborate. And it's one of those things where it was a little bit hard to market. People were like, what's it about? I'm like, you know, it's like a love letter to a neighborhood on the you know, top of uh, Manhattan. <laughs> the idea of Washington Heights and this beloved place where different lives intersect. And it was uh, it was just really quite joyous. And I thought... They did a really great job with it. John Chu, who is going to be directing Wicked as well, mm. uh, coming soon, um, is a really, really solid musical director. Well, I got a big kick out of Cruella. I'm a big Emma Stone fan. Yes. And I just I just like the art direction of that movie, and I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, it definitely brought the whole, like, mod 70s England punk scene to life. Yes. And I thought Emma Stone and Emma Thompson just played off each other beautifully. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I had to just get past the fact that this was the backstory on a woman that goes on to want to murder Dalmatians. <laughs> but um, other than that, um, Not very some redeeming. of my called a fashion joker where it's one of those things where it's like the, the origin story of a villain. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought it was it was pretty funny and um, great physical stunts and a pretty impressive, uh, impressive movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget the moment where she comes to the big party in the big black dress and then the little lick of fire turns it into red. I just thought that was visually perfect. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was actually going to get remembered when uh, costumes come around for this year's Oscars. Yeah. That, that actually seems like it'd be hard to forget. That's the truth. Absolutely. I'm ho- I'm hoping there will be an Oscars this year. <laughs> oh, I know. It's got to be better than last year's. Oh. I used to have amnesia each year that the Oscars were a lot of fun. And then this year, they really weren't very fun. Oh, my God. It was so horrible. It was painful. It was. Oh. It was arduous. Yes. Our, our wonderful award show. Yep. Oh my God! It's so you know, horrible. There are going to be so many big movies. If things come out in the uh, the cadence that's expected, we could have a Martin Scorsese movie, a Jane Campion movie, a Steven Spielberg, a Paul Thomas Anderson, two Ridley Scotts, oh. an Aaron Sorkin, a David Russell, a Joel Cohen. I mean, so many big directors have movies coming out. Oh, good gracious! Where is Ryan Gosling? <laughs> Where is he? Is he been taken away? Stephen, you have to know that he must be in quarantine. I mean, I haven't seen him in a movie in a while. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know of anything he's got lined up this fall. Um, you know, he's supposed to. You know, he really enjoys going to Disneyland. So I don't know if there's even been a Disneyland spotting um, lately. <laughs> okay, um, Stephen, who else? Who else have we not seen? Do you think? Oh, who else has been hidden away from? Yes, you know that's a good question. You know, there's. There's some folks that you see way too much of, like Shia LaBeouf. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, one person we haven't seen in a while that's got a really buzzed about movie is Brendan Fraser. Really? He is going to be in Darren Aronofsky's The Whale. And it's a movie about a 600-pound recluse who uh, befriends a Mormon uh, missionary. And Oh, my God. 
<laughs> it was based on a play that was done here at Actors Express in Atlanta, and really incredible play. Be interesting to see how that how that fits as a movie, but so Brendan, uh, that's a pretty Brendan, uh, unvain part to take. Brendan plays the the six hundred pound man. He does. Wow. He does. So Darren Aronofsky, you know, sort of reinvented uh, Mickey Rourke a little bit with the wrestler a few years back. So it'll be interesting to see um, if he gets a, a nomination out of Brendan Fraser. And didn't he do the Black Swan? Yeah, he did do that. So he got uh, yeah, Natalie Portman won an Oscar for mm-hmm. it. Because he also did Mother with Jennifer Lawrence, which didn't fare quite as uh, yeah. popular. No, that was not good. Mother. Not good. <laughs> Talk, why was that so bad? You know, it's one of those ones that while you're watching it, if you're not uh, realizing the full allegory of it, it's just a little painful to be sitting through it. Um, it's sort of quite poetic once you think about it in aggregate, but it's definitely a hard one to watch. I didn't realize anything while I was watching it. <laughs> <laughs> it was incredibly painful for me. Yeah. It was, like, oh, if, I'd, not good. if I'd been more intelligent, I would have enjoyed it more. No, is it's pretty funny because there are definitely some allegories like pretty soon. I'm like, oh, this is kind of like Adam and Eve or, you know, but um, yeah, as far as a plot line, it might say it might mean that adapting the Bible is uh, not always a recipe for um, the exact storyline you want to see. in a Exactly. Harmony. And I'm so used to Jennifer Lawrence being a badass. And she was like, uh-huh. oh, I know. She was sort of like a passive observer most of the time, but just over her shoulders most of the time. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't buy the, I couldn't buy the car. I agree. I, I, agree. Thought, I thought that was a rare misfire for Aronofsky. Actually, he, he, he goes all in. You know, you've got you've got some other ones that are quasi misfires like the fountain. And then you've got things like Requiem for a Dream and Black Swan. And yeah, you know, I guess for every Black Swan, you've got a Noah. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely one of those uh, bold directors. You don't miss that he just made a movie. Gotcha. So Teresa turned me onto this thing a while ago when we were seeing movies, and and one day I went with my son to see that the you know Tron two. I can't remember. Yes, what Tron it was Legacy. Called. Tron Legacy. And after that, I was like, let's go see another movie, and we, which is one of Teresa's sneaky tricks. Oh, in the same and, in the same day, you buy one ticket. And oh, you yes. Sort of enjoy another auditorium. Yes, yes. Yeah, which which is harder to do in the in the era of reserving seats. <laughs> Absolutely, exactly. <laughs> Impossible. For someone who grew up working in a movie theater—that's a tough one. And we went from Tron Legacy to see seventy-two hours. What's the movie where he cuts his arm off? Oh yes, okay, the one with uh, James Franco. Um, yes. Yeah, it was 100 and something hours. Or- yeah, 128 hours. Okay. I think. Wow. Talk about a double and bill. Yeah, you're, you're wait, wait. discs in one. It, get, it, it gets better. We saw that, and then we went to see The Black Swan. Are you oh kidding me? A three- no. <laughs> we did a three fur. It was on. Un- Please tell me his exploded. favorite wasn't the Tron movie. <laughs> no, I think he really dug. The Black Swan, especially the girl on girl scenes. Yes. I thought that was hot. Yeah. How old is your son? <laughs> I was at the time, I think he was what, 19? Okay, yeah. 18? The, the Mila Kunis yeah. Uh, Natalie Portman action would definitely be yes. a pleasant middle movie there. Right. He, I think he enjoyed it, even though he was with his mother. <laughs> yeah, that could be awesome. 
in spite of being with his I know mother. several people who had a first date with their in-laws um, for Wolf of Wall Street, and there were definitely some... Awesome ah, oh, my God. That opening scene? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Made a lot of people fans of Margot Robbie and a lot of things in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Leo's got a rare comedy coming out this season. Comedy? Yeah, Adam McKay's got a movie called Don't Look Up, and... Uh, Looks like it's a movie about some sort of UFOs or alien invasion, and it's got Leo and Jennifer Lawrence, the aforementioned right. star of Mother. So I would love to get your take on this, you guys. I just watched um, a, the M. Night Shyamalan Lama Ding Dong yes. movie. Um, oh, old? <laughs> no. Oh, no. I'm seeing Old this Tomorrow, is... but you just saw something else of his. I did, and it's, it's a rerun, of course, um, with Bruce Willis. Okay, right. As, it was either Unbreakable or Glass, right? No, it was it was the one with the little boy who says, "I oh, can see dead." Six oh, cool. Sense. Yeah, the Sixth Sense. Yes. Sixth Sense. Yeah. I just I just watched that over the weekend. Awesome. And I hadn't seen it in a long time, but it was fantastic again. It was really good. Did you did you accidentally forget what the spoiler was, or did you watch it remembering no. that? I watched it remembering that and I watched it remembering that and thinking about how I didn't know about it at the first, the first time and going back and forth and still loved it. Well, that's great to know. I have never revisited that from the one time I saw it and uh, that would be interesting to watch it, you know, totally like the second viewing of the crying game. Right. Uh Right. It's Uh interesting to, you know, that'll be like Dune seeing the new dune i'm like please please improve the worms <laughs> can we finally get the worms cgi correct and get the worms right they look good on the ever- well, sh- <laughs> sure surely there's been enough um, enough years and improvements to make those special effects better oh no, i, I pray so. um, no i'm not gonna, you I'm like not gonna biopics? do you like movies about about people yes so you're going to get, them, you're going to get a lot of those this season. Why? So we've got Kristen Stewart as Princess Diana. You've got mm. Anna de Armas as Marilyn Monroe. Jennifer Hudson as Aretha Franklin. That one I want to see. Yeah, Will Smith as the coach of the Williams Tennis Sisters. And all sorts of unusual um, reasons for biopics for some reason. I'm a, yeah. I'm a huge Princess Di fan. And I love Kristen Stewart, too. What do you know about that? Yeah, so it's a director named Pablo Lohan Spencer. And um, it's definitely supposed to be a very early Oscar buzzy kind of movie. She sort of got some credibility a couple years ago with doing some more indies after the Twilight movies. And um, she's supposed to be outstanding in it. We're also about ready to have around the corner, uh, we're about to have the eyes of Tammy Faye, Jessica Chastain. There's definitely mixed buzz about how that feels like it's going to be, but it's uh, the Jim and Tammy Baker. Andrew Garfield plays the Jim Baker role. And um, it looks like the tone of it is a little I, Tanya-ish. Okay. Oh, <laughs> that was a great movie. <laughs> but yeah, the I, love, I yeah. love that actress, man. She's great. Yes. Yep. I think Jessica Chastain, everybody thought she should have won the Oscar for Zero Dark Thirty years ago. Yep. And yep. Um, yeah. it's just been like her turn again. Uh, this yeah. one could go either way. You know, I have a feeling it'll be in the conversation for best makeup either way. 
Okay. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> of course. Hey, well, let me, let me ask you this. I know you guys have probably been reading this like I have, but what is going on with the next Raiders of the Lost Ark with Harrison Ford mm. getting hurt all the time? This is intolerable! archaeology oh my goodness well oddly enough i can't give you too much about this but uh his harrison ford stuntman lives in my neighborhood and uh, what i know <laughs> so i do know that they are filming in london and then they're filming in italy and morocco and this is the first one that's not directed by spielberg it's james mangold who's really good did logan and ford versus ferrari and he honestly hasn't made a bad movie yet but um, yeah, Harrison Ford needs to let his stuntmen do, do, do their job. <laughs> yeah, he keeps getting knocked out and closing the production down for a while. I've also heard no rumor yet about Marion Ravenwood or Mutt. And um, so I don't know if uh, the new wife and the stepson are um, characters in this one or not. When are we oh, going to see yeah. Tom Cruise? Ah, so yeah, that's the, probably the biggest question for most folks. We are finally going to see Maverick Top Gun 2 this fall. It is coming out. I believe it's November. You know, I just watched the original Top Gun the other day, and it it really does not hold up. <laughs> Wait a minute. It becomes a so little hard to buy I, the Kelly McGinnis romance once you've kind of followed what Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis's lives have gone on since. Right, because Kelly McGillis is like 6'2", and Tom Cruise is like 5'4". <laughs> so all these little tricks they're trying to do to make him look taller, sometimes yeah. it works and sometimes it doesn't. Right. Okay, let's talk about a hot, tall guy. Um, did you guys see uh, Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt? You know, I did see yes. that one. So that one was on Amazon Prime, and um, I thought it was sub-Starship Troopers, in its execution. Uh, but he took off his shirt. Move your shirt, please. Wait, what's this for? It was just a test. Oh, a seatbelt. Was it a driving test? No, you don't have jokes in the future? One minute to jump. Oh, here, buddy. Take that. You just flip it around like that. How are you so calm? Long story. Yeah, ex military? Yeah. Kind of a short story, I guess. Three, two, one. Yes, if you're into Chris Pratt, uh, definitely got to have a lot of him in that. And he has about four or five expressions, and they were all exciting. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I really do like Chris Pratt, actually. It's true. But, uh, it's true. But, you know, the guy that played the comic relief that used to be on uh, uh, Veep. Right. You know yeah. what I'm talking yeah. about? I no. love him, and he's hysterical. Yeah, I thought he did a good job as well. I think he has an Atlanta mm -hmm. connection as well. He does? I believe so. Or at least recently at a United game, he um, did the little ceremony at the beginning. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, he's a great guy, and I want to see him in more stuff. Yeah, I have to remember his name. I think he's a Michael. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Stephen, what, what's filming in Atlanta that you know about? Ooh, good question. So we're not really supposed to know any of those things. Um, I will say that as movies and TV shows come out, they're allowed to talk about what was filmed. So I think uh, I think it's fair to say that Jungle Cruise was filmed at Black Hall and that many of the Marvel TV shows were filmed at Trillith. And uh, we've definitely seen a lot of the 
Stranger Things and Ozarks being filmed around town recently. Um, yeah. And um, reading a lot about everything from a third Father of the Bride remake <laughs> to... Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, well, yeah, I noticed. I noticed uh, from watching Loki that they were all done in Atlanta. Yes, that's right. So, yeah, so Loki and uh, uh, I guess it's Winter Soldier and One Division were all done in Fayetteville. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and nobody told me that Tom Evan Hansen was done in Atlanta, and uh, that was going to be a pretty big one in September. Mm. Yeah, I really, really want to see that. I never got to see it on Broadway. Did you? I, I did see it on Broadway, and it was excellent. And that's why I'm really excited about uh, Ben Platt being in it. Um, I think a lot of people had some good good humor with the uh, when the trailer dropped because I guess he's pretty far into his 20s now to be playing a teenager. But yeah. you know, I think once you're in it, I'm hoping um, it'll it'll make sense. Yeah, I really want to hear Julianne Moore and Amy Adams singing it too. Ooh, yeah, that'll be good. I guess Amy Adams sang in Enchanted, and I guess Julianne Moore sang in Magnolia, like when they all sang. But, mm-hmm. but I don't know if she's had to sing like a full show. Yeah, you. gotcha. Wow. Well, gosh, my my plate is going to be so full with all this stuff. Let's just hope that you know everything gets keeps getting better and. You know, the movies come out to the theaters and people show up at the theaters in a safe way, of course. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, we didn't even mention yeah, Guillermo del Toro has Nightmare Alley with Bradley Cooper and Kate Blanchett. Love. Martin Scorsese's mm-hmm. Killers of the Flower Moon with Leo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. So many, uh, so many big ones coming our way. So I think it's going to be a packed fall. That's great. I want to hear about Wicked. What do you know about Wicked? I think Teresa and I have seen that play. I don't know how many times. We we do know its director. So John Chu in the Heights and Crazy Rich Asians is directing it. There's been no word of cast, uh, but I do know people who are involved with the movie and uh, it's definitely in pre-production. And, um, and I think it's going to be one movie, although somebody gave me some rumor that it's going to be two, but I, I've never seen that in print anywhere. Mm. I guess you, know, you could have yeah. a movie where the final scene is defying gravity, and then you could do the rest. Right. <laughs> They'd have to really stretch it out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Wicked Volume 1 and 2, like Kill Bill. But Wow. Yeah, because otherwise, where do you go? It's like, if you want to do a sequel, it's like, well, it's already a prequel. <laughs> right. And the house lands on the Green Witch, so it's hard to do much. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's a lot of people campaigning for those roles. Um, I think Amanda Seyfried really wants it. And um, I always thought Anna Kendrick would be a good Green Witch, but it'll be interesting to see who gets cast. Yep. Anna Kendrick would be great. That's a great idea. She would be good. Yep. Yep. Mm, that's going to be exciting. Stephen, I'd love to hear about your website. No, thank you. It's called Silver Screen Capture, and I've done it for about six years. I've got capsule reviews of most of the latest movies when they come out. Um, Because I run a PR firm by day and my website is my side hustle, it's maybe not quite as prolific as as some, but you'll usually get one or two reviews out of me each week. And I've also put some video reviews of some highlights of the last couple of years. So you'll be able to see my video reviews of some strange movies like Yodorovsky's Dune, which is a documentary 
about a failed attempt to make a movie of Dune in the 70s with Pink Floyd and Mick Jagger. And you'll see reviews of some movies I really like, like uh, Widows and Boyhood and um, uh, Captain America Civil War and uh, Promising Young Woman. So I've got kind of select videos of some of the movies from the past couple of years. But my, my notion on silver screen capture is capsule reviews, pretty easy reads. And um, so I definitely have a, a, a lot of wonderful followers that um, read my reviews each week. So it's a, it's awesome. a delight to keep, get to keep writing for folks like you. That's awesome. And I'm one of them. I've been on your site several times, and I really enjoy reading your stuff. Oh, thank you so very much. I, I love writing it, and it's um, it's something that just comes second nature. I grew up in South Carolina writing reviews, wrote for their, their version of Creative Loafing years ago, and uh, always uh, wrote for different magazines. And uh, blogging is a great way to get to do that, to kind of keep it up. So uh, my website's taken me really far to some screenings and to the Oscars and all sorts of things. So um, it's been a fun way to keep my uh, side hustle uh, romance with the cinema going. Awesome. Well, the next time we get together, which we need to get do that uh, in the fall so we can, you know, talk about some of this stuff we've, we've uh, looked forward to, I want to hear your Oscar story. Oh, yes. I can't wait to tell you about the, the time I went to the Oscars where my phone died right as I was uh, having the opportunity to meet uh, Leo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> oh my God. That's a great, that's a great <laughs> teaser. Great teaser. That's torture. It was torture. Was torture. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, Stephen, we love you and you are our kind of, you're just our perfect kind of man. Oh, well, thank you. So, well, I'll definitely, yes. I compliment in these times. Yeah, we're going to make you an honorary girl on film. I love it. Yes. Very gladly um, accept your invitation. Okay. This is Sarah Smith and Teresa Roth with film guru Stephen Brown. Amazing. We're girls on film and we are out. 